To quote a great philosopher, Yes, no, maybe. I don't know. Can you repeat the question? You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. And you're not so big. You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. And you're not so big. Life is but yes, welcome back to another episode of the MK Productions podcast. I'm your host, Mac. Join yours usually by Kristen. Say hello, folks at home, Kristen. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, or whatever you identify as. How y'all doing? I hope they're doing good because we're joined here by a returning guest who, fun fact, around the same time this year came on to talk about another comic book film being the batman which was a very fun episode so we had to get him back because he is the king of the comic book knowledge and he's gonna drop some bombs on us today that's gonna be and no, seriously he actually writes for guy at the movies so yes. uh to acknowledge that it's gonna be darren from darren's movie reviews welcome back to the show yay darren! i'm so happy to be back oh it's been so long but it, it was worth so the wait long. it's made a great episode yes you came on for a good episode at least mac is a little disappointed talking about today's movie but you and i are yeah that's what matters you and it's i are happy so much mac is gonna sit i don't here know what he's thinking yeah yeah Mac's no the batman was a good movie pout. the batman was a good movie um <laughs> that was awesome but darren for the folks who, who may have forgotten you want to remind them who you are yeah so i'm darren movie reviews on instagram i review movies tv shows i review for movie scene canada so if you're a canadian listener definitely check them out we have lots of free tickets and stuff to give away all the time and i'm on twitter and everything else as well you have a new logo as well i want i do yes i love it yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that was in the works for a while. And when I say in the works, I hired someone to draw it because if I drew it, it would be a stick figure like what I sent to the person. He went, I'll make it look a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> hey, stick, stick figure would have been the simplest design. I would have drawn more people in. Yeah. But I mean, what you'll be questioning what you're looking at then. You're like a stick figure. It's us. It's us, the viewer, watching Darren review the movie. Yes. <laughs> it's like symbolism, you know? Exactly. Okay. If they can tell it was a stick <laughs> I figure, think that, that's Mac, the I problem. think you're making that one a stretch, but okay. <laughs> Shut up. Um, but you'll find you'll find all of Darren's links in the description below. You know, it's welcome back, man. And one question, bro, I have to ask you before we start. So, like I said, last time you're on here, we talked about the Batman. So, since we're in the beginning of the new year, where did the Batman place on either your top ten best list or maybe put on your worst list? Because I saw somebody put the Batman in their worst movies of 2022, but I'm assuming it wasn't your worst movie. No, no, it was high on the list. I saw just under 200 films. I think it was like 197 last year. Mm -hmm. It wasn't in the top ten. It was probably close to like maybe the was in the top 20. It was probably like in the 30s range. Ooh. it was oh, high wow. but yeah wow that i was not expecting that from you then no. since you gave out such a high rating but then again you saw yeah. a lot of movies last year i think that was the problem yeah it's like when you have that many it's hard to keep them all in the top 10 and then the ones in the top 10 is like well there's nowhere else i could put you know top gun maverick or I, underrated Top Gun maverick was my number yeah. one so yeah. yeah or like underseen films that everyone should go watch woman yes. talking and the woman king 
both just yes. like phenomenal. So it's like, well, you've got strong contenders like that. Unfortunately, the Batman had to slide down a bit. Yeah, I completely yeah. get that. But today, you guys, we were not talking Ant Man. We're no, Ant Man. Oh my goodness, <laughs> we're not talking Ant Man. Screw it up. We're, not we are not talking four. Batman. We are talking Ant Man. So, but yeah, we're gonna talk Ant Man and the Quantum. I can't even say the name of the Quantum Mania. Oh my god, thank you. That's why you're also here too. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're gonna also talk some movie news, and then we're gonna talk about some other fun TV film related stuff. So Mac, are you ready? Yes, to quote Killer Keemstar himself, let's get right into the news. This is CNN, a network of Turner Broadcasting System. All right, so the news for this week, I will kick us off this week. Um, guys, my first news topic, are you guys a fan of Silent Hill? It's been a while since I played the games. I remember I really, them. I haven't really played the games but I don't know. I don't really remember the movies or movie like two movies. They're both two like, movies. I think the they both had Sean Bean in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they are doing another movie. It's going to be a uh, a sequel to the 2012 one, Revelations, which uh, which uh, it wasn't good. The first one is like an underrated video game adaptation movie, but they're getting a new one. It's going to be called Return. To Silent Hill. Who's going to direct it? Is it the same director? It's going to be um, Gans, who did the first one, and he's going to be returning as a co-writer and a director. Especially, and he's going to be doing work on the Silent Hill Two remake they're doing for consoles. So, you guys excited to go back to the world of Silent Hill and fight Pyramid Head? Here's the thing: I always mix up Silent Hill with the Elizabeth Olsen movie. How dare you! Which is probably not good, even though it's called it's called like Silent House, from what I remember. I think that's what it's called, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I I don't care about the Silent Hills film, but I honestly can't even say if I've seen the movie. So yeah, like I'll check it out. I'm never opposed to horror, but I bet I you're know, excited. It's tricky. I bet you're excited though, Mac. Um, uh, I'm kind of excited. I like the like I said. I think the first one is very underrated like adaptation movie when it comes to like what are like some of the best ones it just sucks mm-hmm. that it, it it shared the same year as the rock uh i'm sorry dwayne johnson's uh 2005 doom movie with carla urban like that's oh god um, oh boy like oh no, no. Was, that was the time when he was dwayne johnson he didn't want to be like the rock no he was still the rock the rock yeah yeah he, he didn't dwayne johnson it was still like baby rock like, baby rock yeah, Baby Rock. This is Baby Rock. We didn't have like the Jumanji Rock yet. This was like the Jumanji Rock. This, this is like Walking Tall Rock, and I like Walking Tall, but you know, um, I'm really excited. Can't wait to see. Especially, um, we might be getting the Five Nights at Freddy movie with uh, Josh Hutcherson and Matthew Lillard. But mm-hmm. uh, that Chris, is gonna be great. I'm excited for it. They've been that movie's been in development for seven years. They announced that it's been my, a long time. They announced that my sophomore year of high school in 2015. Fuck, you're old. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kristen, what is your next, what's your news topic? All right. So, Mac, you know I'm a huge, huge Lilo and Stitch fan, right? Yes. All right. So, we have one of the stars has been announced for the film. Zach Galvanakis joins the live-action Disney adaptation from Marcel Deschel Helmer. And he is going to play a character that we are unsure about. They didn't announce what character yet, 
But Galvanakis, who is most known for the Hangover franchise, has signed on to star in the film, which is going to debut on Disney+. Plus. Details on his role uh, are kept under wraps, but is based on the 2002 animated film. And that is examining the relationship between a lonely girl named Lilo and Alien Stitch, engineered to be force of destruction. And then we know that uh, Chris Sanderson... Uh, no, Chris Sanders, excuse me, is going to be back for the project. So uh, lots of good movies coming out with this on this Disney Plus, one of them being the Lilo and Stitch. And now that's Alex, Zach Avlamakis is attached to Star. What do you guys think of this casting? And what do you could what do you guys see him playing? <laughs> I was trying to think who he would be playing. I was following either Jumba or Pleakley. He has to be an alien, and I see it being one of those two. It's probably gonna be probably gonna be Jumba. That's all. That's what I was thinking. Like I can't see him as like an ordinary like scientist or anything like that like yeah, it's a playing stitch I don't know, um, no i don't know <laughs> the original the original voice actor of stitch is coming back to uh hey, yeah. his role okay that's mm-hmm. i'll give them respect i i don't want to see you like that's gonna look terrifying oh god i'm nerve. i said this on, a, on another show too we were talking about this but uh i'm nervous to see how they're gonna turn stitch but uh i just find it very interesting that zach alfanakis is set to star in this film because I'm trying to think of what other Zach Galifianakis films that he was in previously the only time I remember he was like in um a Disney movie was like when he appeared in the Muppets movies oh no he's in a wrinkle in time too oh yeah. my gosh I forgot like but then again mm-hmm. that's a wrinkle in time do you re- do I really want to remember that no yes you remember everything yes you do movie. that was a great movie <laughs> Oh no, Derry! <laughs> what if the design for Stitch comes out and it's like the first Sonic trailer when it's like a oh, terrible no, design? Please don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready I, for that. I didn't realize it was going to Disney Plus. I was really excited, and now I hear Disney Plus, and I'm going, "Well, maybe that will change if I get back in the mix." Because like, what are we? This should be in theaters, and I don't have faith in the Disney Plus live action films after Pinocchio. Yeah, I mean, so far from the Disney Plus live action films we've seen, you know, Lady and the Tramp, which oh, premiered okay. on the Disney Plus yeah. live action. And that one was good. Yeah. Lady yeah, and the Tramp was... was good, but I feel like that one was probably geared for theatrical, then switched to Disney Plus to debut with it. I feel like mm-hmm. that was a pivot. So like pivot Lilo and Stitch back the other way, back to theaters. Mm-hmm. But then again, I feel like it would if they were going to release in theaters, I feel like it would have made the same money as like a Peach Dragon would have. I could see Lilo and Stitch being bigger. Like Stitch is still really? big in the theme parks. That's like true. he's a recognizable character. And like the mm-hmm. first one, from what I remember when I saw it in theaters, it did well too. Like it was, yeah. a, everyone I, was going to see it. So like- I've never I, seen in theaters too. Okay, good, I'm not that old. <laughs> Darren, you and I are the old ones here. Mag is the baby here. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I yeah. think if you're saying Disney Plus, I'm getting flashbacks to Artemis Fowl. So I can't wait for Leo and Stitch to be the new Artemis Fowl of Disney Plus. No, don't fun. say that. <laughs> no, no, no. New conversation now, no. <laughs> um, I don't know, it's like, who's gonna play 
Lilo. Who's going to play Lilo? They didn't announce Lilo yet. Lilo like, will probably be an unknown unless there's someone who's like on Big Little Lies or something like a show like that. That's a good young actor. I feel like that one they cast a new person and they or cast something some... like on a streaming service. Like somebody like there was like this show called Amber Brown. I feel like yeah, one of the stars from that could be like in it. Or there's like this Apple series called I think it's called like Surf Girls. Something about involves surfing. Mm-hmm. I feel like one of them can do that yeah they're gonna pull from someone who's a bit more unknown there or go new which disney likes to kind of cast new so i could see it being someone new but mm-hmm. i think the lilo stitch movie that's probably one of the live action ones that i feel like has the potential to go either way so it can be really like terrifying and bad or it could be good like i want it to be good i love lilo and stitch it's like it's just that in live action i was like man that looks that sounds like a horror movie like kind of like an alien movie like something like that but like i'm excited for it i'll I'll give it a watch and i'm just gotta see what it looks like first i also want to acknowledge since we're on the topic of this uh how to train your dragon is also becoming live action i don't know how i feel about that too soon too soon it is way too soon because the last film just came out in 2019 yeah so it just feels like we're really gonna touch this project again after it was like you know a great solid three films it's like you know the last three planet of the ace movies you don't want to touch those again because all oh, no, they're so good they are but they are the fourth and one's the, coming they just wrapped up filming oh the fourth one yeah mm-hmm. it's a new i direct- thought there was gonna do a tv series no this is a movie. no another move i thought it's another trilogy they were talking about yeah it's a new yeah. show it's a new director new cast new everything yeah oh, oh isn't okay. it um Wes ball who did the maze runner series yes and i'm yeah. terrified oh, okay. I, I like the then first this maze is runner, something completely it. new that i guess i didn't realize my bad I'm okay i love those movies mm-hmm. but anyways on a different subject yeah uh how to train your dragon uh no fans here of a new of making a live action Leave why it would animated. you why would you though that's the question what what is there to gain for making a high junior dragon, which has like DreamWorks the... wants to get into that. Make Shrek like... 5. That's all we want. We don't want live action. Make Shrek mm. 5 for Christ's sake. I love Puss in Boots. They should do another Puss in Boots movie. I'd be down for Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots last which was funny. It was so good. It was like one of my favorite movies that came out last year. I still need to see it. Oh, it's, it's so good, good Darren. I, I could I see was like sick it. over the holidays and then like I finally oh, got no. back and it was like not at my local theater. I'm like, well, I don't want to have to drive an hour for this movie oh, so i'm, just, I'm waiting for the rental but i, I, I will watch it i need to, i need to see I, it. I'm I a can't big wait shrek to hear fan so yeah i can't wait to hear your thoughts but mac what's your next piece of news all right so speaking of classic kids characters uh we had that new winnie the pooh horror movie bought it honey and it is god awful with the reviews i've been <laughs> the reviews currently is sitting at a eight five percent of Rotten tomatoes uh critical score while the audience score is a 52%. So not even an audience, the joke was over past the thing. And um, the critic consensus is just, oh, bother. Oh, bother. And the director went on a tangent. If I can Oh, no. Let's see the director rant. This is from the director, Reese Frank Waterfield. Yeah, everyone normally focuses on the haters. It's been really nice. There's been two camps of people. It's a bit like Marmite, 
you've got like the lovers and the haters. 50% of people absolutely love it and are obsessed with it. And then I got the haters. They're the people who have messaged me on Instagram, but obviously they're not the people I'm making the film for. It's really nice to see all the excitement we're getting from people. We had the opening night yesterday and it went really well. I think about midway or until midday or until about 68 p.m. We were number one in the U.S. box office, which was totally insane. And in Mexico recently, mm-hmm. it crossed over $1 million in that one territory. So things are going very strong with it. We've had a host of comments coming in from people all over Instagram, messaging myself, the producers, the cast. Lots of people are really just really into the film. It's got a very kind of particular taste to it, but the people who like it get the taste and they like the horror. They obviously loved it. Some people have been saying it's one of their favorite films they've seen recently or at least the first year, this year or at least the last year and exactly what they wanted it to be. And he ended it off with, but some people were like, they want a little bit more seriousness in it. I'm just taking all the comments on board now. We're getting ready to start prepping the sequel. And yeah, I'm just really excited. There's been so many good positive reviews and comments about people have been making, which is really nice when you put up the time into something. The project has blown up to a scale way beyond what we initially thought it was. So yeah, it's Winnie the Pooh, buddy, honey. Uh, guys, did obviously I don't think any of you guys saw this movie. No, not yet. No. What no. was your What was your reaction when that first the news report came out and then we got that trailer and those images of Piglin, Pooh, killing people? I well, Darren, go ahead. You go. First. Do I have words to describe my reaction? I looked at it and went, "Okay, then." Like. I don't want to discredit the filmmaker. I saw his statement and I saw him interacting with people on Twitter over the weekend. Like, it's one thing to knock a film because you don't like it. But I saw lots of people in the really negative reviews, like attacking him and his filmmaking. And I'm like, okay, look, the budget on this thing is nothing. Like, you can't attack that. Like, if you're going to criticize something, you need to put it into perspective. This is not a Marvel movie. Of course, it's going to look like that. Like, they did it. They funded it themselves and all that. Like they did all that. So like you have to get them props for doing that. Whether you like it or not is a whole other scenario. Mm-hmm. It's just based on how much money they had and just debating it on the final yeah. product. That's what you need to focus on itself. Exactly. Because like I've seen negative reviews that were at least, you know, giving them props for doing it and a good interaction from him. Mm-hmm. So like, I think, I think people are just like, expecting something absolutely ridiculous and camp and it wasn't what they wanted and because it's such a low budget production film that they just then trash it because it feels like that it doesn't have the budget versus I see if you have that Mm -hmm. filmmaking perspective head which I do because I used to work in the industry so like you know how much time and effort goes into these things so it's really hard to knock it down because they didn't have the budget and it looks bad Mm -hmm. because that's what they had to work with so like, yeah. I'm not surprised people didn't like it because it sounds ridiculous, but <laughs> I'm, I'll check it out just because I have to see this. <laughs> I, well, I still want to see it because I'm interested because of the whole meme and it's become so much talked about on the internet. It's like, yeah. you have to see it. Like, I understand it for being not good. I mean, look at the images. Look at it. It does, all doesn't look good to begin with. They ate Eeyore. Yeah. What? You didn't, no, that's like, that's that's like they like in the synopsis like they ate your yeah it's it's wild I thought that was that wasn't they're serious with that yeah they ate him they killed him they ate him oh god, oh, god. <laughs> I well, like your well 
to be honest too the thing is is that the director said he does want to make a little cinematic universe because he did mention doing they bambi. Already have a bambi yep the bambi in development and like i think this winnie the pooh was like this was not going to be i think everyone said like okay this looks really stupid but i think that was a joke and it's like okay blood and honey winnie the pooh killing people and it's like i think it's just like once you got past that I feel like with this film, you're not going to really get a lot, but you know, mm-hmm. made a movie like props to you. I mean, I'm, you know, a lot of people say they can't, you, you, you made something it released in theaters. And I feel like that's a big accomplishment, even if it's not good, you at least put some effort into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to get your theater film in theaters nowadays because yeah. of the whole theater industry climate. So I give props to the director. He worked hard to get his film out yeah. there. So, uh, Good for the director. Yeah. Good for Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. It's actually um, mark? at the time of this recording, it has grossed two point seven million dollars internationally. Oh and my that's gosh, that's huge. huge. You think about the number of screens it had. Like I think in Vancouver, where I'm from, there was maybe four screens showing it for one showing on the like maybe two showings on the Wednesday. Like there wasn't a lot of screens, so the fact it's made two point seven million is huge. Yeah. That's really big. Yeah. All right. My last piece of news story. The Golden Globes set 2024 date with no broadcasting partner yet set in stone. Uh-oh. The 20, the 81st annual Golden Globe Awards will be held Sunday, January 7th, 2024. Uh, when the announcement was made, there has been no network that's been attached. The award show produced by Dick Clark Production does not have a broadcasting partner beyond this year's event. Uh, I mean, yeah. Oh my goodness. I can't talk today. The award show produced by Dick Clark Productions does not have a broadcast partner beyond this year's event, which aired on the Globe's longtime network NBC. Discussions are reportedly under the way with outlets, including NBC. The 2023 80th Annual Golden Globe Awards, which marked the show's return to TV following the non-televised 2022 show, in controversy surrounding the lack of diversity among Hollywood Foreign Press Association memberships, drew 6.3 million viewers at an all-time low. So, do you guys care that there's no air date for the Golden Globes? No, well, it has an air date, but no broadcasting network. Should they just put this on YouTube, like what they're going to do now with SAG Awards? What do you guys feel about this? Put it online. Let's get rid of playing off people because, like yeah. this year, that left a very bad taste in everyone else to the point where they were yelling at the poor pianist who wasn't even playing the music. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Like, just that put is- it online. Don't need to run it off. You may not be able to track the numbers as well for sponsorship and advertising, which I guess is a yes. huge thing there, but like just yeah. whatever. I mean, I think it's smart to be fair what SAG is doing, you know, cause that's what they get their sponsorship shifts from this year from all the, you know, endorsements from, you know, their own clients that they have. And then to stream it online on YouTube, ever, I feel like that's going to be one of the most live stream events on YouTube. I feel like. And that's what's in... accessible at this point and it's going to be on netflix starting in 2024 okay i was about to say they were the ones going to netflix yeah yeah so which i think is going to be huge for mm-hmm. netflix who sat because no other award show has been on a quote-unquote streaming platform unless you want to consider like paramount plus doing like you know the tony awards but this is like mm-hmm. a home streamer viewer platform you know yeah. so mac what do you think just stream it on Twitch. Stream it on Twitch. Like literally, like that's where you get a like, hey, 
just watch. Do they get a it. Twitch partnership? Yeah, like they can like they if they well that'd be funny if they stream on Twitch they get taken down for like DMCA and their own stuff. But I don't know, like does anyone really I'm not gonna say like really watch it. Like, does anyone go out their way to like watch the Golden Globes instead of yes? Just, like, <laughs> that's <laughs> the beginning of award season. <laughs> that's, oh, that's true. That's this is like the pregame. This is like well, I mean the who football are, season for me. This is like do more you know, people playoffs. Watch, do more people watch the Golden Globes or do they watch the Oscars? Like, which one is like more viewed? Oh, Oscars. Oscars. Golden Globes is the fun one because they're all drinking. That's yeah, true. everybody's yeah. drinking and everybody like. I, I did, this is like a one where they don't serve dinner; they just serve drinks. I did like Ricky Gervais' speech he gave in 2020. That was it. well. The fun part is Ricky Gervais. Yes, you know that's but, the whole fun of the Golden Globes or Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. I will agree. Like, probably just online because a lot of people don't really have the cable anymore they have direct tv or like you know roku fire stick and there's not really a lot of like streaming stuff that'd be like hey tune into this channel to watch the golden globes because people just go online and just rip it off like a live stream that someone has and like mm-hmm. buff streams or something so it's like you know just take it online then that makes me wonder how they're going to do the oscars in the future oh they'll keep that on tv as long as tv's around that one will stay that one will yeah. stay yeah, yeah it's the big one the they big may one. do the dual like it might be like they do that on hulu already it's on so. hulu i can see it going disney plus worldwide because abc yeah <laughs> but right. that one will definitely stay on cable because yeah especially if they have more slapping on there they'll, they'll definitely keep them on tv all righty so i think that's all i have on the news end <laughs> moving on from that point <laughs> That's true. I mean, come on. No one was really talking about the Oscars until Will Smith smacked Chris Rock. Or the La La Land. That's fiasco. it. That yeah. is funny. What's our favorite Oscar moments? Mine's definitely La La Land. We don't I talk do- about that moment because I'm still <laughs> not over it. Yeah, same. I'm a La La Land stand. And I mean, that's I- true. Were you? I think it was more awkward that like the guy was like, you know, I want to think like, because didn't he like dedicate it to like someone who died? And then they're like, oh, we didn't win. I said, oh, yeah. I got like a migraine after watching that. Like I went into like, like a fetal position. I remember. And I was like screaming at the TV and I'm like, what is happening? And then everyone around me was like, what the hell Did they say like how that got mixed up? Did they ever say like how that happened? It was with the cases. They didn't, they didn't pull the, they didn't give the presenters the new cases. They had just gone out and presented. They didn't give them the new thing because the accountants were too busy chatting with the stars. And yeah. yeah. Oh my God. And yeah. they were fired. There was people getting fired yes. and, you know, probably banned. That industry. accounting firm doesn't do the Oscars, Oscars I believe, anymore. anymore. Yeah. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah. You blew your chance. But uh, if that's it, I do have a cringy moment though from the Oscars that still scares in my mind. Is it James Franco and Anne Hathaway hosting? Hosting? Yes. And when they did the James Franco wore the pink dress and then Anne Hathaway wore the tux, I'm just like, what the hell is this? What is going on anymore? What year was that? That was like 20, 2010. It was the year he was nominated for. the uh 127 hours hours, hours. Oh, was, 126 hours whatever it's called 127 hours yeah 127 hours seven yeah oh that was um 2011 because 2011 the king's speech won best picture should have been the social network <laughs> yeah as i got older i was like yeah the social network should have won like then again i was not a fan of the king's speech 
but then y'all can throw the tomatoes at me but anyways guys those that was our news i don't know how we uh got here with this Wait, news more, story one, and news cycle one more oscar thing with the james Reckle. apparently james Reckle told anne hathaway to not tell him how to be funny during the rehearsals and that sounds about right with james franco i think they're both not funny unless james franco is given a script i mean he's good on, he was good on snl but then we again we're talking about a canceled actor and we just talked about him last yeah time. what's going on <laughs> oh, God. somehow james franco is creeping up on our podcast i don't i don't know if i like this uh green goblin what are you doing but yeah that's our news um you have any news stories you can send this to us on instagram or leave it down in the comments below what you may miss so now it's time to get into the topic and that's uh ant-man and the wasp quantumadium yeah you ready ready tonight i will burn them out of time for what they've done to me be the first you're not getting out to experience Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Ready PG-13. In theaters everywhere tonight. Get tickets now. All right, so the topic today, we are talking about Ant-Man 3 or Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium or Ant-Man Quantumania, whatever you want to call it. This is the first film in Phase 5 of the MCU, and it introduces Kang, the Conqueror, played by the very talented John Majors. And in this film, we follow Hope, Paul Rudd, a.k.a. Scott, his daughter Cassie, played by Captain Newton, uh, Hank, and Janet, as they all get sucked into the quantum verse or the quantum realm, and they try to have to just try to escape and beat Kang the Conqueror from escaping and destroying timeline. So, this is the first movie, like I said, of Phase 5, and this is the first proper introduction, you know, not counting Loki, we're not going to count Loki here, our first proper introduction as Kang the Conqueror, one of his variants as the villain, because as you know, Kang will be the big bad, the new Thanos in phase five and six, leading up to Avengers Kang Dynasty and the Secret Wars. So first I'll start off with this. Guys, do you like Ant-Man? Are you a fan of Ant-Man and the Lost, the 2015 Ant-Man? I'm going to just do this. Ant-Man! Ant-Man, if you know what that that's from, if you watch the MTV uh, production things, like when they were doing Ant-Man promotion, look up Michael Douglas and Ant-Man like slapping <laughs> and knee slapping. Hilarious. And all they were doing was a hand slapping routine. It was n- n- hand slapping, knee slapping. Sorry, <laughs> wrong body part. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. I love it. I love that promo. But um, yeah, I love Ant-Man. Warning, minor spoilers for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania upcoming. Warning, spoilers for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania upcoming. I really like the first Ant-Man. I think it's one of the most underrated Marvel films out there. It's a great heist film. It's got the humor. The second one was a little silly. I still really enjoy it, but you just have to put that in perspective. That came out two months after Infinity War. If they gave us another dark, depressing film, Marvel fans would have had a breakdown. So we'll take it for what it is. Um, Yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah. 
So obviously, I'm, if many of you don't know, Edgar Wright was in development of an Ant-Man movie for years until um, they did the whole reshuffling the MCU, and he got dropped from the project, if I'm mm-hmm. mistaken, because mm-hmm. now I heard the story that he got, he left because they wanted him to connect it to the MCU, and he said he didn't want to do that. Is that why? He wanted to make it like his own. His own thing. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, that... Honestly, and apparently that a lot of the script for the first movie, that is a lot of his stuff. And it's just like, who, who directed the first one? Peyton Reed? Peyton yep. Reed, yeah. So it's like, a, I think maybe like 90% was Edgar Wright's and like about 10% was Peyton Peace. Reed's. Because I know like the Thomas the Tank Engine joke, that's Edgar Wright's joke. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, obviously I thought that would have been cool because I think the first, we had footage of his Ant-Man. It was like the scene in the hallway and was fighting and then he got in the elevator. Like that looked cool. Yeah. But we got the 2015. It was awesome. One, we got the 2015 one, which came after Age of Ultron. And I'm noticing a trend with the Ant-Man movies. They come out after movies that like actually are, I would say not the better. The staples, like the yeah. staple points yeah. from was, those phases. It was mm-hmm. Age of Ultron with number one. Number two was literally like Darren said, Infinity War. And then yeah. uh, this one came out right after uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So um, there's, it's just, I don't know why they released these movies after these. It's hard to step movies. up from what you, that was previously released. Yeah. I will yeah. say that. But And it's also funny, Ant-Man 1 closed phase two, Ant-Man 3 opened phase five. Like, I think it's the only franchise that's opened and closed a phase. Yeah, yeah. that's true. It's, yeah, which is wild. But um, yeah, so... Um, Obviously, uh, there's some controversy with Ant-Man and the Wasp because currently it is sitting at a critic score of 47% rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, and it is tied for The Eternals as the worst-reviewed MCU movie ever. Mm. And obviously, mm. there is some mm. big point of contention, especially on this panel here, yes. where you're truly... <laughs> yes. Didn't think it was awful, but was just not impressed by it. While these two were like, oh, it's great. We love it. And we're going to talk about it and see what happens. So we're going to start off and talk about what 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 was this movie about without spoilers? Who wants to explain it, man? Darren, Darren, you go ahead because you're our guest. So go ahead. Okay. Plot. We are set after the blip with Scott back in San Francisco together with Hope raising Cassie mm-hmm. and Cassie Hope and Hank have created a device to communicate with the quantum realm to basically map it out and figure out what's down there driven by Cassie's loss of her father being stuck there between Ant-Man and the Wasp and Endgame for four years or five years and basically the device I won't say how but it just activates by itself and they get sucked down into the quantum realm and at that point they learn that janet has been hiding a lot of secrets about what is actually happening down there as they try to find their way home you set it up perfectly yeah yeah honestly that was great um so what were your expectations for this were they set pretty high or were you set in the middle pretty mid because you know ant-man has i feel like a mid reputation he's not a fan favorite by many but you know he's a fan favorite of me darren i know you i'm sure you're a fan of him mac mm-hmm. i feel like you are mid with him so uh mine were very high same. in terms of looking at the marvel projects coming this year i was more excited for quantum mania than the marvels or guardians of the galaxy volume really this was a huge 
set of the building blocks for what's coming in the future. Guardians is going to be tie up those characters. The Marvels, we know nothing of what's happening there. So this was like the films to kickstart, especially after phase four to get some people back on board. I don't know why they left. I thought it was great, but mm -hmm. yeah. This, so this one I had very high hopes and, and expectations and they were met for the most part. Yeah, I could say mine were met for the most part. And because this was like, if, out of all the, like the, besides Guardians, I was excited more for this film than like the Marvels. So Mac, how do you feel? I was more excited for Blade, to be honest with you, but seeing oh. that it's going to be PG-13, that's going to break my heart. Um, I don't know. I really, like I said, I'm not really a fan of Ant-Man. I like Paul Rudd. I think he's a great Ant-Man, but I just feel like his stories aren't really that compelling for me. Like, I feel like besides this one, his are kind of like, isolated and they don't really overall arc into the story like mm -hmm. of the entire mm -hmm. mcu maybe the second one because they do establish like hey the quantum realm and like try time traveling i feel like that that kind of like more i feel like his stories besides this one they are just contained to this one like the only thing i saw a man quantum Mania doing was like it was going to i knew for a fact it was going to introduce the big bad we just didn't know who it was going to be yet and then when they said, hey, it's going to be Kang, I said, you sure we can't do Galactus? Is it too late? You know, since you're doing Fantastic Four, can we? Galactus is still coming. That's coming, I think. Like, like, that's going to be Secret Wars because Kang is for Kang Dynasty. We still have Secret Wars. There's more, more coming. Because, like, I want, like, that's the, that, like, I, that, because I thought with Eternals, I wasted my time. I'm like, oh, they're going to introduce Galactus. No? Uh, uh, okay. Kang, you know, Kang is cool. But um, I don't know. I just felt like, like I said, I was, excited more when it was coming out in july i'm like okay this will be the perfect marvel movie to see in the summer but starting it off with it i was just not feeling it all right before we get into the negatives though of it i could see where you want to go with this mac let's <laughs> talk about the positives what is what are the positive aspects of this film jonathan majors yeah jonathan jonathan majors like he was incredible. Marvel has done a wonderful job snatching him before he was a name and they've got him locked down for the next few years. I cannot wait for more of him. He was phenomenal. Same. I think he's a great villain. I think he is such a huge like step up from Thanos. I mean, Thanos was the big baddie here. Now mm -hmm. we have the ultimate baddie here. And I think yeah. with Jonathan Majors, he's had so many successful projects. I want to say in the short career, Mm -hmm. I think we're looking at, you know, a future Oscar winner here. Oh, yeah. Honestly. 100%. Yeah. And knowing what he was able to bring to this project, he is definitely a standout for the film. And I love the different variants that he, you know, comes off as. Yes, at the we have a post credit scene. Uh, maybe we'll spoil this a little we, bit. We can spoil that a little bit. We'll, I'll just okay. spoil it. You know, we get all these different variants of them and some of them are a little bit vibrant than others from what you see in the, the crowd mm -hmm. and stuff. And there's so many of them. I'm excited to see him really transform into each variant and make each, each variant his own. And like what we're going to see in Loki, it's he's going to be appearing in Loki mm -hmm. from what yes. we know, which is very exciting. And knowing we get that post-credit seat at the very end with Owen Wilson and um tom hiddleston is very very exciting and i think it's yeah. going to be better i'm hoping a better season two than it was for one whether if you liked loki or not i loved remember, loki <laughs> remember yeah. in, i was saying yeah. to my dad this i said well he is i told him about the whole different versions of him and i said 
I like I told him I said, Dad, and Loki he said, if you think I'm bad, wait till you meet my other me's. They're even worse than me. I said, yeah. oh. I said, Oh yeah. shit, it's gonna get it's like a multi-personality it. disorder. Yeah. And it's yeah. like the the fact that he said, Oh, I was exiled from the council. And I said, Oh, so you're that evil that like they had to kick you out. Like Rick uh-huh. and Morty just kicked the most like non-Rick out. They kicked him like the evilest king out. I thought it's like, but yeah, I thought Jonathan Majors, he definitely carried the movie. Like, I feel like every time he was on scene, he has like a good, he has a good screen presence to him. Oh, yeah. There yeah, was like, a gravitas he brought to the role. Like, it felt like a stage actor. You're watching them in that moment in their craft, and it was just captivating. Speaking yeah. of stage moments, he was just in a Broadway production too. So, uh, mm-hmm. he really brings up. <laughs> Yeah, I say bravado to life, so like, uh, I just wanted to say that out there. Every time he talks, I just feel like I want to hear what he has to say. And like, yeah. um, there was a scene where he was talking to Scott, and um, you know, Cassie's there too, and he's like, "I'll kill your daughter." I'm not joking. Like, he just says it like in no joking way. Like, you like, oh, this man will actually kill this, kill them, yeah. like in the heart. You thought that's the and like, so calmly, it's like, ooh, like yeah, yeah. I, Bad love Jonathan Mitch. And the fact that, you know, like Darren said, they locked him up because, you know, he's he's having a big year this year. He, he did devotion earlier in the year. Um, oh, and I apologize. He was not on Broadway earlier this year. Uh, my bad. I was mixing him up with uh, somebody else. I'm sorry. Um, he's doing, you know, he's done this to bring a lot a lot of attention to him for like the mainstream and then he's gonna be in creed three which mm-hmm. i'm a little iffy about it because i don't know michael b jordan as a director but you know jonathan majors you know he looks ripped he's ready to go like like beat people down and everything and uh yeah i'm really excited to see what he um he has coming up next he's, and then he's got magazine, magazine. magazine. Oh, did yeah, you see one. that Kristen? i can't remember if you saw that i didn't get to see no. it yeah. I was really disappointed I didn't yeah. get a ticket for mm-hmm. that one. I, I really wish I did. Uh, I'm, I am going to see it though, like as soon as it comes yes. out, because I'm so happy Searchlight got the rights to it. Well, yeah, so, you told me about that movie. Yeah. Yeah, That's we talked about it. Actually, we actually talked about that movie last week with uh, Tyler. Yeah. Shout out to Tyler. Thanks for coming on, Tyler. Um, But, anyways, yeah. Um, Besides Jonathan Majors, what did y'all think of the cast returning? So, Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly and Michelle Pfeiffer and of course uh Michael Douglas what y'all think I love seeing all of them back again it was great seeing them all back I had like ranges of how much I enjoyed them I thought Evangeline Lilly got the weakest character out there she was just kind of Mm -hmm. along for the ride with the family so she didn't get much to do which was yeah okay like I liked her before but there wasn't much for her to do this time and she did what she needed to do yeah. Um, Catherine she Newton, serves her purpose I will say with that yeah she serves her purpose but there wasn't much depth there um, mm-hmm. Paul Rudd is a lot of fun as always so that that was great I thought Catherine Newton was a good addition as Cassie but the mm-hmm. two standouts I thought Michael Douglas was probably the best he's been in a Marvel film yeah he really had a lot of fun to do with his character and just the one-liners were a lot of fun I love his ants <laughs> yeah I love the ants that was the end he comes in at the ants i'm just like and just the lines coming out of me you're like yes like michael i Douglas love the ending where so there's much fun it's great it's just like him with all the ants it's so yeah cinematically impactful but silly at the same time i just loved it it was a yes <laughs> and then there was michelle pfeiffer who was as good as jonathan majors she was just on fire i loved her every second she was on screen most of her scenes were with jonathan majors so that was just like great mm-hmm. just like make the whole movie the two of them like show me their time in the quantum realm like it was yeah 
That would have been interesting. It would have been really interesting. And like the thing I love seeing that for Michelle White Pfeiffer being an actress of her age, being given kind of the second most important role in that movie after King, I thought was huge and a step yeah. in the right direction. Definitely. I completely for some diversity agree with that. there. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Mac, what do you think? I saw a meme where it says the most unbelievable part of Ant-Man uh, the new Ant-Man is having Evangeline Lilly play someone who believes in science. That made me laugh for some reason. Um, but uh, oh, because of her COVID. Yeah, like yeah. Um, well, we won't uh, talk about that. Um, Not gonna talk about that. <laughs> like I said, you know, Paul Rudd is a national treasure. He must be protected at all costs. And I think no matter what I think about a movie, I will always say like he's probably like he's always entertaining. Like there's not like a weak mm-hmm. role, I'm going to say, um, no. you know, no. Michael Douglas, you did say, you know, you guys are right. He did have much. Cause like, you ever notice like a lot of the older actors when they do the MCU movie, they kind of look miserable. Yeah. It was yeah. like, but um, he looks he, like he is having fun. 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 Yeah. That'd probably be that Harrison Ford and other roles being miserable or having Yeah, fun. I could see him like if Harrison Ford had to join a MCU, he would just be like the most glummiest person on the he set. Is. I he feel is. like he would bring the same energy he probably brought to like the Star Wars Force Awakens. <laughs> he's gonna be Red Hulk next year, so we'll get to see that energy. Oh right. I feel like he's gonna be different for that one just because of the circumstances. Because he's replacing William Hurt, so he's gonna probably try yeah. and replacing um, a colleague of his. So it's like, okay. And then I'll like, it bet more. I like Catherine Newton. I thought she was, I loved her in Freaky because, you know, that was like her breakout. Yes. But I just didn't mm-hmm. like her character. I thought she was very annoying. And like, it's nothing against her. I think it's more just the writing I thought was very weak in this movie. She, well, the it's way like, I saw it, yeah, she's just a young kid. She's, she's young. And it's like, I just feel like there could have been like stuff you could have written. Like, I mentioned before, like how there's a part where they're like, hey, you people in the quantum realm, you guys are talking about this conqueror, let's help you. Like, they could have been cool, like, flesh out, like, hey, Cassie, not everyone's like black and white, like you think, or there's some burial gray, but like, I don't know. Like, I, I know people are like, oh, she's the worst part of the movie. Like, no, she's not. No, she's, she's not. definitely not she, the worst part of the film. There's she actually the, reminds me of like what Kate Bishop is in, you know, the okay. Hawkeye yeah. series. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see the two of them like being friends and taking yes. down, you know, all well, the. She is going to be like baddies. She is going to be the new like Avengers, like this Avenger new one. Yeah, I, like yeah. I wouldn't mind that at I all, still, and I really like her. I think she'll she would just this is just the beginning of her character, yeah. and I could see her yeah. they, them evolving her character. Yeah. I will say they, there's, there's still time to fix her, and I feel like that she could bring a lot of his characters. Just like with this introduction, I, I did not like this first introduction. But definitely her. Uh, the uh, other good part. What do you think about Peyton's dra- directing? I didn't mind it. Like it was a change in tone from him from the previous two films. So I thought he handled that pivot well. It felt very classic, like original trilogy Star Wars, which I was really enjoying. You know, you mm-hmm. have the cantina scene, you had all the creatures, you had the big kind of battle at the end, it was like kind of attacking the Death Star. So like he handled the tone of it really well. Sure, there were some directorial moments that I would have changed, but Mm-hmm. that comes with doing a superhero film like you're not so much always on this is your vision versus this is the overall vision of the series so you have to find the balance which I right. think he does a very good job of I can agree to that and then Mac what do you think um I mean I know like what him in the last second one that was really like he did that one right too yeah mm-hmm. so that was like the first one i saw he did like 100 percent of everything and like you know i didn't think Ant-Man was was bad like i think the only part is like i even i kind of like the villain in that one i know people are like oh that's a weak villain but i thought her character was kind of interesting 
Um, so seeing him kind of go all out and like get a lot of pressure on him because this is like, you know, this is the start of phase five. Like there's going to be a lot of introductions. So it's like, I think for what he did, he did fine. Like, I just know. I don't even know if it's like more of his directing. It's just, this is something else I have a problem with. That's like, he, he's fine. Like bring him back, you know? Yeah, obviously, you know, Marvel likes to have their in-house directors because we've seen numerous times when they try to do other directors, how that's kind of blew up in the face. I'm looking at you, Chloe Zhao. Um, and, and don't Kenneth disrespect Brenner. Chloe. Don't disrespect her. She directed a brilliant film in Internals and people are now realizing how wrong they were. And then um, Kenneth Branagh, that's another one I'm looking at. Um, but I love Thor. Um, but like, I just, I, I don't know. It's just, they'll probably use them again because if they're doing another Ant-Man movie, because there probably will be an Ant-Man movie. This, it's almost at $400 million. Like, you know, it's a Marvel movie. It's gonna make money. So Thor is already in the talks. Yeah. 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 So I'm not surprised. But like, my thing is, what would you do in AM in four? Well, it depends how they're gonna develop the MCU for the That's rest. That's true. Yeah. For, yeah. I mean, we already got it for. We already have five. So it depends how it all lays out for six. Fantastic <laughs> Four. That's all we care about. That's the only one I oh. want. Yes. Yeah. But uh, anyways, let's talk the negatives. Because I have one negative right now on the tip of my tongue that I've been waiting anxiously to talk about. Then go first. Get yeah. it. We have George Lopez. I mean, Corey Schroll. <laughs> uh, as, uh, you know, Modoc. Modoc. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. I love it. <laughs> Mr. Electric, what are you doing? This is the Marvel. This is a shark boy and lava girl. Somehow that, that ended up in the movie. I don't know. Mo- Modoc is such a cult favorite, you know. We had a failed Hulu project with pa- uh, Patton Oswalt. That was actually low-key good. Maybe because my sister was just, good, but I yeah. nobody I feel like nobody really watched it and nobody like the true Marvel fans actually like really watched it. I just skimmed it. Like I was like, all right, I, I wasn't a fan of episode one and I was like, all right, I'm turned off. So but <laughs> I was not expecting to see Corey Stroll return. To the MCU, aka Darren, who we know as Yellow Jacket from the first film, he's Modoc magically. Like, I was not expecting to see a booty of Corey Stroll in the film. Like, okay. <laughs> and then dunking some goop and had a computer strapped to his head. And yep, he's a Modoc. He's cranky and has all the Modoc tendencies. And yep, that's Modoc. And you're not missing much, folks, with Modoc. It's a meme. I think that's why he was put in there, just for the memes and for the laughs of it all. Like, to get the kids laughing, I feel like. Like, if we say kids also me, because I was laughing a lot when he was... I mean, it's stupid. (laughs) Oh, it was stupid, but... It was so stupid. Like, I loved and hated it, but it was definitely one of the weaker parts of the film. Like, it really pulled me out of the film. Like, I was like, okay, I'm invested in with everything else, but when he shows up, it like counteracts the film like okay just just like it's did it fit fit well like maybe if darren showed up in a different character i don't know who but it just didn't really work for me like it really brought the mood down but don't get me wrong yeah it was it was entertaining it was something all right yeah it was something (laughs) it was something uh and it was so funny because Corey stroll we know from like billions and he's taken on so many serious projects Mm -hmm. Mm. it's so left field for him like i'm very surprised to see him in this movie 
as Modok. I mean, <laughs> just the Modok character of himself. I wonder how much Disney paid him. That's the good question. Probably a lot of money. A lot of money. A lot. So many zeros. Yeah. They're like, okay, more gonna... zeros than what billions I feel like gives him. They're probably be like, hey, listen, you're gonna be playing a floating head, so we're just gonna capture your head on green screen. You just be expressive as you all want. It and was probably like... like two or three days of filming slash recording voice for him. Like it was probably an easy gig. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was an easy gig, along with Bill Murray, I feel like. Bill Murray was not in this very, very long. I felt like he served no purpose to the film at all. So I went to the bathroom doing his part, so I don't know what happened to his character. Definitely. I was. I had to go, and I had a coffee already. I said, oh my gosh, I just ran to the bathroom, and then... He, he served as, like, you know, a thing to Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay. Just hilarious. And it was hinted that they may they may have like messed around, right? Oh, it was more than hinted at. It was like yes. all but the word sex yeah. said. Yeah. 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 Cause like she was like, I was gone for 30 years. And you know, I had she needs was, and like yeah. <laughs> and hope is going, oh boy. Yeah. And hope is like, I don't want to hear this from my parents. And then uh Hank Pym is like, I went on another date, but it, she was Linda. oh you. <laughs> So he was a simp and, you know, didn't waited on his wife yeah. to come back, but I, which I thought was cute, but like, it was a good Michelle, moment. <laughs> I mean, but like, I didn't care for the moment with Bill Murray. I mean, like his no. character could have been mentioned, but we didn't need to see it. Yeah. Of two minds, like starting, going back to MODOK, I liked how they did it. It was a hard character to bring to the MCU because MODOK is a bit more kind of R-rated like Deadpool. Mm -hmm. yeah so it's how do you bring in that character to the mcu you can't obviously give him his own r-rated film because no one's gonna watch a modok film no one watch the tv shows you have to kind of work him in so i felt like this was a good way to do it and then the goofiness of ant-man worked with what they were doing sure it wasn't for everyone some moments weren't funny some were really funny it's entertaining so i thought that worked as for Bill Murray, I just love the fact that Marvel got Bill Murray because he doesn't do much anymore. So like no, he they doesn't. got Bill Murray and watching him and Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas just do their thing. As you know, he's flirting with Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas is like, what's going on here? It was just a real fun moment. And I took the family on the weekend and that one, you know, my mom really enjoyed that one, you know, being yeah. of that age, those actors, she's like, that's great. Like Bill Murray, Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah. Michael Douglas, she's like, give me more. I'm like, don't need more I, but like it was a good moment yeah i feel like he could have served as maybe like a future villain because that's what i was thinking in my head like besides jonathan majors yeah. like i don't know like that's what so, like like they could have teamed up or something i don't know i'm like reading, that's what was in my head i'm reading um some fun modak facts for y'all oh that no apparently in a early script for iron man he was first considered to be the villain in the first one and then then listen to this if you ask crazy he was considered to appear early during the development of captain america richard soldier they even got as far to cast peter dinklage as modok before they replaced him with um robert redford's alexandra pierce what yep he was gonna be pierce the i was thinking you were to go zola no, Toby Jones is scared. I'm like that could Modok could I could see that working there. You know, down in the bunker at the little Modok floating no, around. No, Modok blow up. He was going to be the main. 
Cheers? No. Yeah, he, he was going to be oh, the main no, villain no, of Winter no. Soldier. And you know, everyone says Winter Soldier is like one of the best MCU movies. So, in an alternate it timeline. Is. Top three. Top three. Yeah. Top three, definitely. Alternate timeline, we would have had the MCU. Imagine, oh, God. Like, imagine, like, our first introduction to the MCU was Iron Man fighting a giant head. And this was three years before Green Lantern no. came out, before they did their own big head. I have no words. Thank God yeah. they did it now. Yeah. We wouldn't be here talking about it if they did that. So. Oh my God! At least oh, they got then, their uh, Modok out of the way. Um. Then uh, I don't know if you remember. Um. When they were gonna do that show, the the new Warriors, mm-hmm. they would have had a version of it played by Keith. They would have had a character Ernest Vigman, who would eventually become Modok, played by Keith David. Oh. So there's plans to bring him uh-huh. in all the way since 2008, and they finally did it in 2023. So 15 years later. Mag, what do you think of Modok and Bill Murray? Okay, so Modok, I think he is very like he is a cult classic character at this point. And I feel like there are moments, there are stories with him in the comics which are very like entertaining and everything. And I say what you will about the Hulu show. I thought it was entertaining because I think Patton Oswald did a funny job with his voice. Like I could just I was just hearing him, but like I don't know. It was weird because I was just like, I don't remember the first Ant-Man movie a lot. All I remember is Michael Pena's character and how much I loved them in that movie. Um, like, he I was just... so good. Are you sad he didn't appear? I yeah, know. no, none of them did. Well, I know two, like, no. Yeah, but yeah. No, no, David did. Polka Dot Man did. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was them. <laughs> it was him. <laughs> he was so cute. I loved him and him and his poles. Poles. Wait, wait, wait. He played yeah. him? He That was who yeah. he played? He did the voice, yeah. I didn't know that. That's such a kind of funny. I, li- I I tapped my fiance. I was like, that's that's Pokemon man. But like, it was so weird. He's like, oh, I'm like, oh, it's Darren. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, like you know, as oh, isn't that the guy? Like, but they didn't really explain how he became that. Like, it was it's like, oh, it's like your head. Like, so did his head only survive in a quantum realm and they just reprogrammed him to be a body? I, his, like, I think he just survived totally and then Kang made him the villain that he was. Mm-hmm. That he becomes. Because he drenches his, his whole body into like this goop. Um, That's why we see his butt. His bo- yeah, his baby booty. Yeah. I'm like, what's yeah. his Deadpool 2? And then Bill Murray, like, you're going to waste the of appearance by the Merster. You called his voicemail. He actually picked up the phone. Don't you mean Garfield? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> uh, but like I told, I was telling um before you came in, Darren, I said, I feel like if they did it a better, he could have been like the Jeff Goldblum in this one. Like he just runs the quantum verse and then he would have been like the Jeff Goldblum of that era. But that would have been cool. Yeah. I also kind of compared uh, his performance to what was Mac and I were talking before you came on. The part where, like, in like Thor, Love and Thunder, where Russell Crowe was in that part. Yeah. Yes. Like, and I wasn't a fan of that part. I was probably like, no. one of the only fans of. Oh, you didn't like it either? I liked the movie overall. I thought Russell Crowe was a weaker part of that film. Or that's what, what I agreed. Was, like, it's all set up, but like, it could have been handled a little better. And that's but, what I felt like about the Bill Murray character aspect, you know? Yeah. But, anyways, uh, those were like two of the negatives um I had about it, but I had fun with it. Honestly, I enjoyed it. So much fun. Yeah. I, I know some people like Mac and they talked about them not liking the visuals as much. I thought they were fine. I thought they were good too. I saw them at my local IMAX and they just got a brand new laser projector. So it looked phenomenal. Like it looks better mm-hmm. than Avatar in that sense. So I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Obviously not the 
effects himself but like it was just the, the, the quality the, the screen looks phenomenal i'm like can we bring avatar back i want to see that now on laser but yeah was, i thought the visuals were good mike oh sorry go ahead max oh no i can wait it's, it's not it's bad avatar <laughs> my my one i wouldn't even call it a negative because it was a challenge the film faced was i thought they could have done more set up for the story with kang but yeah. this was the first, and this is going to be a bit of an issue going forward. Like, yes, we had Doctor Strange last year where they had to do evil Wanda and explain mm -hmm. how she got to that point. But that had an easy enough explanation. So if you hadn't seen WandaVision, you could jump on board pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Ant-Man and the Wasp, they had to somehow recap that entire final episode of Loki into this movie. Yeah. So they really had to kind of bridge the gap for everyone not watching the Disney Plus shows to introduce them to Kang, this variant, what he's all about, why he's important. But I found that it was so much spent on recapping it that there wasn't much added. Yeah, I can agree I would that. have liked to see more. Like, obviously, we knew the post-credit scenes were going to involve Kang somehow. Because yeah. we know the trajectory. So, like, I knew there's be something there, but I would like to have seen more with this variation. Yeah. Now, was... my question is, oh, yeah, is he ahead. actually dead? Could he pop up again? Because we don't, we see him get sucked in. We don't know where he went. I just alluded that he was dead. But now that you bring up a good point, he was just sucked in. I don't think he's dead. I don't He may not think be he's... dead. Yeah, <laughs> just because the line they kept repeating was, you have to let me out to yeah. stop more of me. More, more I think me. we're going to see this yeah. version come back by Kang Dynasty. Really? Because That's your prediction? There's a, I, think, I think so. I, we'll see. It's, it's too early to tell, but like just knowing what was teased in the two credit scenes and how the Kangs are coming as an onslaught now, yeah. they're going to need some sort of support. And whether the quantum round time travel, something could get this one to, I don't know. It's obviously a ways ahead. We're nowhere near enough information to start theorizing about what's going to happen. But I feel like there's a potential. For him to come out. For him to, yeah. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Happening. Yeah, but I don't. I could see that happening. You bring up a really great point that I didn't even think of. So, like I said, I just presumed he was dead. And I, my fiance and I were talking about it. And we both believed that variant was dead and just disappeared now you bring up a good point I he could be about. but yeah <laughs> but now i was thinking about it too i feel like now i should have really also rewatched loki season one before going into the uh film because my fiance didn't even get to watch loki season one so he was kind of thrown for a loop so i was kind of like telling him what was going on a little bit at the end but i didn't want to explain too much because he's like i really want to watch loki and i was like all right yeah. i to be the good fiance and not spoil it and uh and i'm excited though for to see what's going to come out and make the next season two of loki like we mentioned earlier but anything else you want to add on before we have to score i gave up on loki after that damn miss minutes jump scare got me at like 2 a.m i was like what the oh, oh shit <laughs> i was like but um oh miss minutes yeah um uh, i don't know with i didn't talk about my negatives i have which are a oh, lot yeah, go ahead so oh. my negatives um obviously i will say the visuals were a little clunky um i think for i did like some of the designs or the creatures in the quantum realm i thought that was pretty cool um mm -hmm. like the one he's like you have holes i thought that was i he, he's a treasure i, I have that. holes i like i wanted yeah. to come back yeah 
um the guy with it's gonna be a fan favorite for sure the guy with the light that beamed out he was pretty cool um (laughs) i like how the the buildings are actually like ships too that was pretty cool and then you know i like the design of Kane because they actually made him very comic accurate and i'll give Mm -hmm. him credit Mm -hmm. for that um it's just like everything else just doesn't look like i don't know like the the part when he they were looking at the probabilities that looked kind of cool but then i was like yeah and it's kind of being a little too much except for the baskin robbins the jack one that that made me laugh that was that was, was great a joke. that was a funny joke i will say like that got a chuckle for me um <laughs> but yeah the visuals weren't impressive for me and then the writing man i'm this is like this has been a, a problem i've had with marvel since probably I think probably since like Endgame ended, because I think maybe it started with maybe Black Widow, but no, because I actually kind of like Black Widow. Um, I think maybe the term like the the quips, man. Like not every character has to be quippy. I'm so sick of these quips. Like it's a serious situation and like stuff like like you can make jokes, but like when every other character, every other line is like you're making a quip, it gets so annoying, and I, I got so sick of it. Especially like the one with Modoc, which I got spoiled with, so I will be spoiling it here. When Cassie was fighting Modoc, and then he's like, "What should I be do?" He's like, "I don't know. Don't be a dick." It's like that's all a dick I can do. Wait, wait, wait no. What's that's all the uh, that's like uh, being a dick's all I know. And then he comes back later. He's like, "My name is Darren, and I'm not a dick." I was like, "Yeah, what?" <laughs> I guess, and then. <laughs> I just, I'm just the quips, man. I'm not, they want, the thing with Marvel is that they want to make a new Tony Stark. Cause I think Tony Stark is kind of the funniest character. He's like, he perfected the witty quips. And I think they're looking for that next person to be like, hey, you do that. And like, I mean, I think the only one I can see pulling it off is literally Spider-Man, like Tom Holland. Cause that's kind of Spider-Man's character. It's like quips, but everyone else, I don't know if you can do that. Like, I think with Ant-Man's humor, he's more like just, dry like deadpan like dry humor and i think that's kind of funny but like the quips i can't i can't stand doing quips the quips yeah quips. that was i kind of wanted i like enjoy saying that with the quips quips quippy quips. quips all right anyways let's score it what did you guys give this rating as wait we didn't talk about the post credit scenes we did i thought we kind of did we didn't go into depth because we're gonna spoil into it. depth okay yeah. okay so, okay spoiler so, yeah, time. Spo- yeah so um this is gonna be spoilers well we kind of spoiled it when he said he died maybe so we're always too late but yeah so we're gonna be spoiling the post-credit scenes uh you want to skip to the time below whatever it is so uh yeah so uh guys what did you think about the post-credit scenes uh let's talk about the first one well and we mentioned earlier that um you know all the kangs are together mm-hmm. but if somebody wants to um Go into a little bit more detail. Darren, I think you're qualified. I, I kind of was like, sure. Like basically, that scene is that is the setup for Kang Dynasty. There, like the Kangs are seeing how powerful the Avengers are because at least in this point, they have defeated one Kang, mm-hmm. potentially two, depending on where this falls timeline wise with Loki. I put that caveat because when they were looking out the window, the timeline was still intact. So I don't know if they've destroyed that second Kang variant yet. But there's at least one, potentially two Kang variants dead, one by Ant-Man, one by Loki and Sylvie. So they're seeing what a threat the Avengers are and how they are now with Doctor Strange, you know, traveling the multiverse, that they're a threat that needs to be stopped. 
So this is the big, this is the big bad coming. And from what Kevin Feige has been saying, we're going to be seeing a lot of Kang in the next few entries. They did, did it? I forgot. Kang did mention, he's like, I did, are you, because he said, Scott's like, I'm an Avenger. And he goes, which one are you? Are you in the hammer? Because I killed him. I said, oh, wait, what? So it is established that they, they know the Avengers, right? They know the Avengers. Is that Kang, which they talk about in Loki, but he had gone and wiped out other universes. Oh, okay, okay. So he's fought the Avengers before theirs. That's how I read that. Okay, so then, like, they are Another aware. Another variant of Thor. So they are aware, but I think, you know, Loki, in Loki, it was described that the Kangs outcast this Kang to the quantum realm. It was the Kangs that defeated him, never the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Now we have an Avenger who's done it once here, and then twice if Loki has already happened at this point. That one's really hard to time because okay. for obvious reasons. <laughs> the King, so obviously with Secret Wars and King Dynasty, is this setting up for Battle World with like Doctor Doom? Because they didn't maybe do that, because that's like the rumor I'm hearing is like they want to do Battle World and King Dynasty could probably set up for like the Secret Wars they want to do for the part two. Yeah, I don't know how they're doing. So I've heard, like, they're, they're two separate films. I've heard not even all the Avengers will be in Kang Dynasty. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is set up for Kang Dynasty. And Kang Dynasty, is, there's going to be basically two storylines happening. There's be the Kang Dynasty setup, and then the Secret War setup, depending on what film you're in. Okay. And obviously, whatever happens in Kang Dynasty is going to light the fuse for Secret Wars at that point. I feel like... I think. I have a theory with... King Dynasty because they they've mentioned it twice and that's I feel like it's probably going to be an incursion. That's I feel like incursions is definitely Secret Wars. Yeah, because that's so massive to that comic run. It's been a while since I read them, so I'm a little rusty on them. But I feel, I like, feel like oh, go ahead. Incursions will be part of King Dynasty because the Kangs have to come. Incursion, boom, like simple. But I feel like it's going to be a bit more grounded. It from what be I. Like, it won't be as like massive as it was in like the comics. I think it's going to be a big event, but I feel like it's going to not be as huge as Secret Wars. Like I envision like Kang Dynasty is more like an Avengers Age of Ultron type Avengers film. Uh, and it's uh, going to be, okay. we're building to that, but it's going to be a bit more self-contained versus Secret Wars is going to be all so- out madness because that's coming a year later and i'm hearing potentially two films for secret wars i don't think that's been confirmed yet but that would make sense and you you know me i'm a galactus fanboy do you think yeah. secret wars is where they bring in galactus i feel like that's where we see it because i feel like dr doom galactus more fits secret wars than kang dynasty i feel like kang dynasty you're gonna have hundreds of jonathan majors just like <laughs> don't gonna, overstuff that movie <laughs> he's gonna get paid for all those roles jesus christ so that making that money yeah yeah, he'll make good money. But I, I every million for every Kang appearance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't wait for Secret Wars because I think that storyline's good. And if they're really gonna do, because they're starting, well, they're starting the casting for the Fantastic Four, and they said they're gonna build it around Sue Storm. And I feel like they're gonna go. I'm hoping maybe John Carlo is either Doctor Doom or maybe uh, Professor X, Charles Xavier. Although there is a rumor that. Um, Trump, Patrick Stewart said they said be ready for Deadpool three. Bring him back, bring him back. <laughs> but I, but did you guys hear a rumor that apparently they wanted either Henry Cavill or Adam Driver to be Doctor Doom? Interesting. Interesting. I don't know how that would work. I'd probably want to see like 
I think since Henry Cavill's done with DC, you can bring him into Marvel. There's like, what is he, Captain Britain? Or like, there's a character. That's what I, yeah, Captain Britain. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to digress into DC. They did Henry Cavill dirty. I love him. Cast him in something Marvel. I don't want him as a villain. I want him, or if he's going to be a villain, he needs to be a good arc. He needs to be like multiple appearances. He's not a one and done. No. He, He could be the thing. No, I don't want to see him as a thing. <laughs> no. I do not. Henry no. Cavill, I would... if, he's, if Henry Cavill is going to join Marvel, it needs to be something like major because I think he has a bitter, he's very bitter about what happened yes. with DC. And you can tell from the way they brought him back with Black Adam and it was only used in a way to get fans, you know, excited, you know, that there was going to be this fight and then knowing it was just only for a marketing thing. It was and just he like, gave up the Witcher to do it. Like, yeah. 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 It done. was like, you know, because the Witcher was his baby, you know, because he treated that project with so yeah. much heart and knowing that, like, he was going to give it up to work on Superman again and knowing D- D- James Gunn was like, nope, all right, we're going to scrap you. Bye. It, it but stopped. I didn't fire you, no. <laughs> I didn't fire you, but Listen. we're going to say no more. Yeah. So I feel like he's got to find something that's going to. He come needs a his- big role. Like I, it's not being talked about, but I could see him as Mister Fantastic. Like he's a bit of a gamer. Like he builds his computers. He could get into that scientist role. I think. I think he could do that. He's into the games. I think he needs to play like some kind of nerdy character, something similar to what we saw Chris Evans as for Captain America. I think. Yeah. My, think, my dream role for him, though, is don't cast him in Marvel. Cast him as James Bond and just call it a day. But yeah, that's a whole other debate. I love that. I, I think everyone knows who they want. as just fantastic. He's John Krasinski. And if that doesn't happen, he will literally burn that casting to the ground. And... Like, it's not going to be John Krasinski. I can tell you that much. Based no. on the announcement that they're casting it around Sue Storm, that means they didn't get John and Emily. So, like, it's not them. And I know Kevin Feige said he only put him in Multiverse of Madness to kind of like shut the, shut everyone up. Like shut he'll up. Pop up. He'll pop up in Secret Wars maybe. I don't know. For like uh They made everybody happy for, you know. That's it. Because it was cool. For was two like, seconds. Second, he, it was that's great. Silly string. It's like, damn. But um, yeah. Who, who, well, I know we're off topic, but like, screw, I like Fantastic Four. Um, who would you guys want as like the main like four and then the, the villain? Who would you want to be Doom? Because I feel like with the Fantastic Four movies, like, say what you will about the 2000 ones, I feel like they had the best ensemble cast because you actually felt like a family. Um, and then you, I think you need to hit, like, that same chemistry with the newer one. You need to hit the chemistry. I don't want to say that there was a weak person in the 2000s cast, but there definitely was. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Sorry, Jessica Alba. You know, <laughs> yeah. it was not, I was like, where's this not, going? No, it just wasn't right. Um, I feel like this one going forward, I would love to see Samara Weaving as True Storm. She would be really good, I think. I, I I really like her, so I might be biased, but like someone like her, you know, someone who's kind of big enough, but not like had that massive moment yet. I think that's she would actually be good. a really good choice. I think for Mr. Fantastic, I was thinking I don't have the exact Sue Storm yet. I don't, not in my mind, but I really like that Samar weaving. I'm thinking either Zac Efron or, or uh, Penn Badgley. For? For Mr. Fantastic. Fantastic. I, I've not seen you, so I don't know Penn Badgley that well. I can I see. 
I don't see Zac Efron yeah, as Mr. Fantastic. No. I love him. I see him more as a Human Torch character. I see him okay. a bit more in that role, but I have a different pick for Human Torch. I want Glenn Powell. I just want Glenn Ooh. Powell on everything. That's so actually like, a really good Glenn, choice. Glenn Powell, Samara Weaving, Henry Cavill, and who do we do for the thing? Like, let's just let's just fan cast this now and be done. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honestly. Kevin and Feige, listen. <laughs> Get Michael Chiklis back. No. Yes, Michael Chiklis was good. Stanley actually said before the MCU, he was, Michael Chiklis was his favorite portrayal for a comic book character at that time. He was good. The thing is hard because like it's a CGI character. Like it's really, you could kind of cast anyone in there. Yeah. So you can kind of go any which way as long as you get a good character actor. So that one's always been harder in my mind. Like who should it be? Because it's not like who looks, who could be that embodiment. It's very much. It's very how about Alan Tudyk? No. no, he's a little. I like him, but he's. I don't think he could be the seriousness that you need for the thing. No, he's the thing very... is quite a deep and emotional character while having yeah. his quips, but it's just Elba. No, yeah. I think they're looking. Ryan Gosling. No, Ryan Gosling no. won't touch you don't, any more you superhero don't. Per- projects and if Wait, you cast you... ryan gosling you don't put him in the cgi character you put him you, Wait, you put him as mr fantastic you would have put him yeah exactly he did a superhero movie before i don't think he's done one I'm yeah no, double checking that I'm like, he wore a superhero no 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 i i don't no. see him in doing a superhero movie though he said he might I, want to do ghost rider though I would could do, see him doing I mean, one. Ghost it Rider, has to be but the no right character. Fantastic. Yeah. He can't be no. like a CGI character where and his character needs to be like have like an emotional depth to him. Like something like, I don't know, something on the lines that is comedy relief. David like what Harbour. he would do like in Suicides, not not something like he would do like in Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Like if James Gunn were to come to him, even though like he would have been great, I think, as a Guardians of the Galaxy character, but Yes. Um, he I don't see him joining as the fantastic series as the thing. You need somebody who's young enough who can bring that's the thing. You need the age because they're locking you in for probably Here's... a decade. Like you're gonna be leading the Marvel franchise. Well, how about so... this? We bring it full circle, we bring Miles Teller back, we put him as the thing, nope. it'll be his redemption arc because I no. feel like it was that movie was just cur- Listen, I'm trying to make this work. I have no idea. I'm that gonna... movie was no, done dirty. You're not dirty, winning me but, here, man. Yeah, no. Sorry, like, but... That movie is a wonderful trailer for a movie that never happened. Yeah. Hey, Josh Trank said a year ago he had a fantastic version of the film that we never got to see. I like Josh Trank. I feel yeah. bad for him. I like Capone. But, uh, yeah, the thing is hard. I, I really can't see who they can bring in. It would probably have to be someone new. That they, Maybe. They... They'll yeah. cast a name, but I don't think it'll be someone new. I think if you're going someone new, you're picking a solo f- project to build around, not a team. I'm thinking the guy who is the character in Reacher, um, Alan Richardson. Alan Richardson. Oh, Richardson. Could, he would be good. Work. Like someone like you need someone like him. He's got some emotional vulnerability to him, and he's got he's, the bulkiness to his, him, and, and the gruffness to the voice. He would be. He would be. Per- I that's just thought our, of that right board. now. Perfect, perfect. Wait, then yeah. who's do, who's going to be Doctor Doom? Doctor Doom, we can't Doom? have. You need someone. Again, you need someone like a Jonathan Majors. You need someone who's got some gravitas there because he's a big, important villain. 
I can see it's just John Carlo Esposito being Dr. Doom. He would be good. My only thing there is an age thing. Yeah, again, it's the age. Is if you're going a young, because the Fantastic Four, if you're going a younger cast, you need someone a little bit younger. Just because of his connections to the characters, I think you need to be a little younger. Um, I'm what if like- it's somebody, he's getting up there, he's in his mid-40s, but... Um- outlander but he probably wouldn't do it because he's on the boys a homelander homelander Lander. i i don't think i see oh, him as dr i've Doom. heard i've been hearing him online like complete fan casting but for blade for dracula which i think would be oh that would also be a good one i um, feel like he's a bit more he's a bit more of a fun sinister i'm trying to, i'm like trying to think who i don't want to cast him though because he's so good dr. as the villain yeah, dr doom is more like serious and like when sequel words happen like shit will go down like you need somebody like command that screen time and this like, is like someone you want to be like here's oscar winner as dr doom like yeah no i wouldn't um, say that i wouldn't we've casted jake gyllenhaal Oh, what about this one? This is I'm just looking through my letterbox, seeing who was in stuff last year, and going, "Oh, there's an idea." What about Nicholas Holt? That's Maybe. he could be an interesting choice. But what if he returns as the beast? Oh, That's beast, the only right? Thing. Beast, yeah, beast. Okay, I would like to see him, but Ooh, I've got another one. But yeah, Nicholas Holt. Yeah, Barry. I was gonna say Barry Cogan, but. He was Eternals and in Internals, like he so would have been great as a Doctor MCU. Doom. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he's in a. Yeah. Oh God. What about Eddie Redmayne? I can be down for that. Interesting. That would I'm, be. I wild. just, I just passed the good nurse on my listing. I'm like, ooh, that would be. He can play a good villain. We saw that last year. Like. Yeah. He could be. That would be really interesting. Yeah. That would be really interesting. Yeah. That would be good. All right, that so would be really good. I just realized we were supposed to rank Ant-Man Wasp 3, but we do we, right. we, we got dope. Yeah. Um, we'll do that now. We'll do that yeah, now. We okay, did our so, fan casting for Fantastic Four. Yeah. All right. So what's everyone's ratings for Ant-Man and Wasp 3? Darren, you're our guest. You go first. So it's currently my number one of the year. There's not been much. I have it at a nine out of ten. I absolutely loved it. So I haters heard- come at me. Yeah, no, I, I I'm not coming after you for anything. I really well for me, I really enjoyed it. Um, but I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. Um, it is not my number one, but it's probably in the top ten at the moment. But we'll see what happens. You saw a lot more year. at Sundance, so I could see that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, had two, so Sundance like, yeah. was a little hard this year. I think I saw some hit and misses. Yeah, nothing that like stuck out in my mind, like Starling mm. Girl, or like cat person but cat person was so mixed yeah and then like a little prayer but and like don't like the, everything else i feel like at sundance i saw this year was subpar but that was my choosing of <laughs> uh, four yeah. out of ten four out of ten i feel like it's so low for you yeah. all right but guys that was our review of a lot of things and that involved <laughs> the ant-man and the wasp and the quantum media let us know your thoughts. Did you like the movie? Did you hate it? I don't know. Let us down on the thoughts. And uh, we're going to move on now to talking about what we are watching right now. So let's move on into that. All the 
Okay, Kristen. So, um, yeah, we're going to talk about what we've been watching lately. So uh, what's everyone been watching lately on TV? All right. Darren, what do you, you want to go first since you're our guest? Sure. Um, I won't spend much time on it because everyone's talking about it. And if you're not watching The Last of Us, you are missing mm-hmm. out on the best show currently on television. It's yep. phenomenal. Each week just keeps topping it. And I'm not ready for what's coming next because, oh my gosh. Did um, you play the games? I'm halfway through the first game. So we've now passed where I was at. I was at the part where they were going with the two brothers, like through the sewers, trying to get out of the city. Okay. So I'm a little, they just passed me to finish the game. Okay. I'm like the world's worst gamer. I've been playing it for like two years. So <laughs> that's okay. Uh, um, I love the series and I love the game, but I'm crying just about every single week. Oh yeah. Like everybody yeah. else so far, episode three is the best piece of television I've ever seen yeah it's up there and then I'm also watching Poker Face which is the like Natasha Leon yes. series which is phenomenal which I think is one of the best piece pieces of television that mm-hmm. uh, Peacock has released besides a friend of the family which I've really enjoyed but this one is also like high up there for Peacock okay. I love the mysteries every week and it's a new take for the mystery genre for like this Agatha Christine thing it's very unique and Natasha Leone is definitely like giving her best performance like ever ever in a series okay. and uh and then I'm hate watching <laughs> how I met your father yeah it's not good it's not good at all and I'm annoyed I'm watching it every week it's nothing like the classic how I met your mother I don't like the characters as much but you know I'm watching it for the ones and I just have to cringe every week of what's happening on the series fair enough if we're talking about what we're hate watching I'm finally finally finishing the book of Boba Fett it's been an ongoing project of mine for about a year and a two months now I cannot get it. I watched the premiere. I'm like, this is so boring. I tried the second episode. I'm like, I can't. And now since the Mandalorian is coming out next week, I'm like, hey, time to finish it up. So they all show yep. up at the end of the series. So look at both fat. But like, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, yeah, it's a that, disappointment. Yeah, I'm doing that. I love the Netflix reality show. So I'm like catching up on the circle right now. It's a guilty okay. pleasure. And then I just finished this season two of The White Lotus, which was really good. Ooh. Okay, Mac, what are you watching? I only hate watching one thing and one thing only. That's Velma. It's been, oh, you know, no. Disaster. So, uh, that season just wrapped, and now we're getting a season two. I'm surprised. Uh, and it's people like that who are hate watching like me who gave it a season two, and I, 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 I don't like it. Yeah. Oh, and do you want to know something really old school when I'm watching? What? Uh, Darren, you might know the series. Mac, I don't know if you do. But uh, and t- between 2003 to 2007, there was a series that aired on the Fox Network called The O.C. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> and this was on my watch list for such a long, long, long time. I put it off for so long. And I was like, I'm going to watch the series. And then I said to myself, back at the beginning of the month, I'm almost 30. I can watch this show now. 
you know, because my parents left, didn't want me to watch it because of the stuff that goes on in the series. And I was like, you know what? Let me watch it. And it's so, so, so good. I love this series. Like, it's it's a good thing I did not watch this show at a younger age because of the content. But then I would have fallen for Adam Brody and mm. uh, Ben McKenzie. Yeah. Like at a young age, <laughs> I think are my new celebrity crushes at the moment. But I, it is the most nostalgic piece of 2000s entertainment. I love it. And I'm crying just as much as The Last of Us. So uh, I don't want to spoil a series that's almost 20 years old. I've gotten to the part where Misha Barton has died. And I cried my eyes out. <laughs> I remember when that episode aired and like all the girls the next day at school just crying. I'm like, what happened? Like this person died in the OC. I'm like, that, that, that checks like, out. I don't know if any of <laughs> y'all have watched it, Darren. I don't know if you watched it, Mac. I don't know if you have, are aware of the series. I'm so, not done. I, I've yeah. only seen the episode where she dies because everyone was talking about it. So I had to watch it and that's all I've seen. <laughs> the first episode is so good and the writers guild even acknowledged the first episode like ever which is amazing which i learned about and mick g is a producer of the series which i did mick not g. know oh gosh, yeah. when i watched the beginning of the first episode and then i looked on and it said that mick g was a pro executive producer of the series and i was like yeah holy guacamole mick g oh boy but yeah that's what i'm watching also i love it I love the, uh, I, like, it's probably like one of my new favorite shows, like of all time. But yeah, that's what I'm also watching. But uh, to end on that note, guys, uh, <laughs> thank you, Darren. Thank you so much for having me. I was wanting to come back. We tried a few times and it just didn't work. And it was just the perfect time to do it. And yes, it was, was the perfect, perfect time. return. Yes. Uh, I should ask, we should also ask you this. Would you be in interest of joining us for a special Star Wars episode. Ooh, potentially. It depends that's on right. what we're talking. I'm not very, I'm good with like the movies and the live action stuff. That's what we're yeah, doing. That's what we're okay. doing. Okay, perfect. I'm like, I'm not. We're going to have a huge stuff. panel. And I think at this point, I'm going to play ref, referee. Referee. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Keep, keep, me, keep <laughs> me updated on that. I'm definitely interested. Okay, wonderful. Guys, this has been our episode. Uh, once again, uh, Darren, thank you again for coming on. Mac, any closing thoughts before we say goodbye? I know. This has been a fun episode. I've had so much fun. Sounds like it with that edge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not half asleep. I'm not half asleep right now, I swear. Okay. Alrighties, guys. We will see you all next time in the next episode with our Oscar special. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.